You are listening to a podcast from Rocky Mountain Christian Ministries. For more information about our church, please visit us at rmcmchurch.org. John and Karen are on vacation, birthday trip. I was looking back at the last couple times I've spoken. It's always around this time, and now I know this time of year, and now I know why. So I did not, uh, did not know it was the birthday trip, but, uh, but good for them. Um, and we've, uh, I've been sharing with you guys in tithe teaching the last several um, uh, weeks or a few months from uh, a teaching that we did through Kingdom Advisors um, called the Four H's of Financial Wisdom. And so Kingdom Advisors, I'm a financial advisor, and so Kingdom Advisors is, a, is the largest Christian uh, organization of financial advisors in the country. It's, it's headed up by a gentleman named Ron Blue, um, who built, no coincidence, the largest Christian-based financial planning practice in the country over the last 40 or 50 years. And so, um, but the four H's um, of financial wisdom are heart, health, habit, and hope. And so um, I'm going to share with you guys a little bit. I, I thought I would share a quick three-minute video, okay, on these, conce- on these concepts, uh, just in case I don't get through it. You know, I, I, don't, uh, I don't think I, um, well, just you can get it in three minutes here. It's just a fun little thing I want to share with you guys. And then I will hand out... Um, a, a note, just a, a one pager for you guys, because there's a ton of scriptures. I'm, gonna, I don't want to just read scripture up here, you know, for for the next 30, 40 minutes. Um, but there's a t- there's a ton of notes in there, and so I have about 20 in the interest of not wasting trees. Uh, so we're going to share. But if anyone doesn't get one that wants one, I can we can email them to you after the after the service. But I'm going to start with this, and and hope to goodness that uh, this works. So the Ron Blue Institute is. Uh, the foundation that's built around bringing these principles to our industry and to this world. And so um, I'm going to, there's my kids when they're much smaller, but um, I'm going to give you, uh, I'm just going to do that. How's that? All right. So here's the picture of the, the, um, the four H's. And so Shirley, if, if um, you and Ken can hand, hand these out. Um, and, and I'm going to go through these a little bit in detail, but the, the, um, the, Last time I spoke, I actually closed on the. I, we, I talked about vision and um, God's vision for our lives, right? And so it was, it was interesting. I ended that talk on Matthew six twenty one, and that's kind of where this one picks up. Um, and that is uh, that your treasure, uh, where your treasure is, there your heart will also be, right? And I, I um, as they're handing those out, um, and I dig into this first one on heart. Um, you know, Ron, Ron Blue um, was teaching in Africa with a bunch of different, a bunch of pastors throughout the African continent, and he, you know, and, and you just heard on the video like the level of wealth in this country is, un, you know, virtually unprecedented as a society. And you go to the African continent, and it's 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 different. You see a lot of the other end of the spectrum, just just you know, great poverty. Uh, not that we don't have that here. But Ron Blue is over there to teach financial principles to pastors to, you know, to, to bless the communities over there. And, and he, asked a, he asked a pastor, he said, what's the, biggest, um, what's the biggest struggle with the church over here? And they said materialism. And he said, how, 
I get that in America, right? The wealthiest country in the world, but how is that? And, and the pastor said, well, yeah, if you've got, you know, we just run into it all the time. If you've got one goat, you want two. If you've got one acre to farm, you want two. If you've got, and he just kind of, and the, very simply went through, it's, it's, it's the same, it's just different, different scale. And he said, you know, it's, and so we just, you know, that, that kind of self-serving materialism is the, they quantified as the biggest problem in the church. And that's where Ron Blue was like, my goodness, this, you know, money decisions, big or small, any, any size, um, they boil down to heart decisions, right? All, all the time. It's not, you know, and so, and anywhere, right? And so, I'm going to, um, oh, this is work. Oh, my touch screen works. All right. A little bit it works. Okay. So, so the first H is, yeah, right, is heart. I can't, t- this is like, well, I don't want to jinx it, but this is the first time like the computers actually worked. This is the third time I've tried this and the first time it's working. So we're going to thank you, God. Um, the, uh, but the heart, um, you see the four quadrants there on the heart, right? Stewardship, contentment, faith, and wisdom. Um, and the, uh, you know, the, that's kind of, our heart is the source of our thought, all of our thoughts, our beliefs. And so it's kind of an important piece of the equation, right? And, and uh, Annie was just, uh, in her talk, I was like, oh man, she's going to dismantle what I have to talk about here. Um, but but she said something important. It's not about disciplines, right? It's not just about checking, getting your checklist off and checking it off, but, but it is about heart, right? And, the, um, and so when we go into to stewardship, uh, the idea in Psalms 24.1 you see there on your screen is that the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it, right? So, so as stewards of God's creation, He wants us to remember that it is His, that we will leave this world with everything that we came into this world with, right? Which is nothing, right? So it's all God's, it all stays here. What we are to be concerned with is as, as stewards of what's been put in our trust or been put in our possession for our time on earth is what does He want us to do with it um, this isn't on your screen, but on, on Psalm 50, uh, verse 9 through 12, it, it says, I have no need, this is God speaking, I have no need of a bull from your stall or goats from your pens. I, for every animal of the forest is mine and the cattle of, of a thousand hills. I know every bird in the mountains, every insect in the field is mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you. Because there's nothing we can do about it, right? It's all God's, right? And so, um, and and so, the um, just the concept of stewardship of understanding where it, where it's you know whose it is and where it's going. Um, on on the back of your sheet, right? If I were to scroll to this page two, there's a little activity that it, don't do this now, but you know, on stewardship, it asks the question. Do I behave as a steward of my possessions by holding them with an open hand? Am I sharing what God's entrusted to me? Right? And so the, those are, um, I challenge you to, to go through this later, like I said. Um, you know, and, and the beautiful thing, 
Because we're all imperfect. I went through that and I'm like, ooh, I need to do, I need to work a little bit on, on, you know, raising some of these threes up to, you know, fours and fives. But, um, but stewardship, com- contentment is the other big heart piece here. Um, you know, Philippians 4, uh, 11 there says, I'm not saying this because I'm in need. I have learned to be content in whatever the circumstance. Now, this is Paul speaking, right? And I believe it's Paul speaking from a jail cell in a, in a um, Roman sewer, right? Not a pleasant place. And here he's saying, I've learned to be content, right? I know that it, what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. And I've learned that the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do all this through him who strengthens me. Right? So the... Um, I have my phone up here in, for the cl- clock. Anyway, um, who's calling me during church, right? So... Hebrews 13.5 says, keep your lives free from the love of money, right? We've got to be content in the small things. We've heard, you know the scriptures that, you know, if, if we demonstrate obedience with the small things, God will entrust us with more responsibility, right, as we grow in that. And so um, we've got to be content in the small things. Like, we're, we're trying to buy a, a car right now, and if anyone's that tried to buy a car, whether used or new, they're like, you know, it's like they've vaporized from the planet or something, but... Uh, but at any rate, it's like, you know what? We don't really need a car. We're actually pretty, we got two. That's more than most people on the planet do, right? So it's not a big deal. And so, um, you know, that's one thing. That's when I, when I went to that score sheet, I'm like, you know, I do okay with contentment. I mean, there's things I want, right? And I, but I don't get too, too worked up about it. So um, because here, uh, part, you know, the next section here, faith and wisdom, you know, suggests to me that, I know, you know, in Hebrews 11.1 1 here, it says that faith is confidence of what we uh, hope for and assurance about what we do not see. And it says here in verse 6, without faith it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. Now, what that tells me is God knows what I need and He's there. Like, He will provide it in His time. And so, the, uh, you know, I don't, I've learned to stop worrying about stuff because God shows up when he's ready and when it's the right time for us. And I can't tell you how many times I've been through stuff where it's like I was, I was wanting or I thought I was in need for something. Um, and I learned years sometimes after the fact when it delivered that God was preparing me for a different time. Like that I wasn't ready then to receive that, that hope or that wish or that, that desire, right? And so we've got to have faith that um, God knows more than we do. And he knows what we need, and he knows when we need it, right? And so that's part of that fourth section there. You see wisdom, which James, um, you know, I love the book of James. Like, he speaks my language, and, and the, there's two pieces there on wisdom. You know, verse 16, 17, in chapter 3 there, it says, For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice, right? So, um, Verse 17 says, But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. And so what that says to me is that first verse says that my selfish ambition uh, in every... 
where you have envy and selfish ambition, you will find this disorder, right? Does anyone have disorder in their lives? Like disarray? Yes. Me too. You know, that's like, a, um, but the wisdom that comes from heaven, wisdom that comes from God, has all these promises to it. So, so if selfish ambition is disorder, what these two verses together say to me is that God's wisdom brings order. Right? And that's a promise uh, that I've seen live out time and time again as I've learned this, these two verses time and time again. Right? We don't have to be perfect or um, even get it the first time. Right? God's persistent. Thank, thank God for that. So um, in James 1.5 here it says, uh, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Annie just prayed that, right? God is not looking to assess fault. You know, He's forgiven us, and He is here to give wisdom. He will give it to us generously. It's available for us at any and all time, right? And so the... um, so Annie taught from Deuteronomy a few weeks ago, Deuteronomy 8, and it's, you know, the, the, the subheading on there is don't forget the Lord. Right? Straight up simple, right? The, the, you know, we can ask God for wisdom. He's always there. Deuteronomy 8.18, uh, Annie's message is directly on this. It was that God gives us the ability to create wealth. Right? He gives us that wisdom. If we will just turn to Him and seek that um, his wisdom will speak to us. And it will speak to us, as it talked about, on all of our money decisions, God speaks to us. Like, He speaks wisdom into us. It's available to us at any and all time. Um, and when I'm talking about wealth, when we get to the, the fourth H, wealth isn't monetary, right? It's margin. What kind of margin do you have in your life? And, and I'll, co- I'll come to that in a second. But if you take a look at your page two here, you can, you can go through that. You can see the questions on contentment. Am I content? Do I seek God's direction in my finances under faith? Under wisdom, do my financial decisions align with biblical principles? You know? I wish I was a five there, but I'm pretty sure the six-pack I grab on Friday afternoon, I don't, I don't you know, I don't think it aligns with biblical principles. Now, God says we are allowed to enjoy the provision He gives us too, right? So I don't think I'm going to hell for that. But, you know, am I a five on, on, on uh, you know, biblical principle? Probably not, probably not all the time, right? But again, God knows we're not perfect. So, um, so, the, uh, so take that, you know, challenge yourself with that. Now, the second... Um, the second one here is health, okay? And you can see that uh, health is, the subtitle there is today's reality. And to me, that's um, kind of what are we doing right now? Like what, what, is, um, what is today's, what's the reflection in our financial lives of, you know, our, our cumulative, you know, lifetime of decisions and, and behaviors? And so you can see the, the different pieces of the pie there. You know, you can only spend resources or money in one of five ways. Living, okay? Giving. Owing, which is debt and taxes. So there's two of them there. And growing. Now, 
often when we sit down with people, we're trying to make sure that their uh, income exceeds the accumulation of all these. And we often start with, okay, what are your living expenses? But God's formula starts with the give quadrant right there. Okay, and so, so instead of living expenses first, we want to shift that to, to uh, actually, if you look, give is the first one, and then O-O, get, grow, and live, right? So it spells Google, right? So if anyone is wondering or thinks that Google is the uh, source of all answers and information, no, this, I'm pretty sure this is it right here, right? If we give first, right? God owns it all. He's in the middle. But if we give first, and then we take care of our obligations, those things that we owe, which in this country is taxes, and if we have any debts on our homes or cars or whatever, we've got to pay those things that we owe first, right? And then we always try to teach people that you should pay yourself first, meaning you should try to set some money away for savings and, and grow some money, and then the rest is what you, what you live on, right? And, and again, page two, there's a little thing there to, to kind of fill in what it what are you doing right now with those, um, with those different areas? And so the, um, so the important part here is, our, you know, and, and notice under live, it's, it's your lifestyle expenses, not living expenses. Because I don't know if anyone has any fun stuff or luxuries or things that they enjoy doing um, that are part of your lifestyle. Um, they're not necessary to live, Right? But that's okay. Like the, you know, God wants us to have enjoyment too, right? This isn't just all about, as Annie said, going through the checklist of all the disciplines, right? So that, you know, God provides for our enjoyment as well. And so, so lifestyle expenses, um, we need to be prayerful over, right? What has God given us to enjoy, right? For some, it might be a ski pass. For some, it might be uh, a vintage BMW motorcycle that they like tinkering with, right? John. Um, it's all good, right? As long as, long as it, you know, it, it's, we're prayerful about that. And, and there are people who are not, that have excesses in their life that are not godly, absolutely. Um, but hopefully as Christians, we are prayerful over our lifestyle and, and, and how we're living, um, and that we're not upside down because of it. So, um, but th- here's the crazy thing. That pie chart you see on the screen there, like, I always say it's like a plate of spaghetti. Like try to, try to pull one thing out of a plate of spaghetti and not move anything else, right? It doesn't work, right? You pull one noodle, you pull one piece of this pie, it's going to affect all the other pieces, right? So there's, there's got to be some intention around it, right? Um, and this is, uh, that's what I was worried about you undoing my, uh, my talk here because there, there has to be some intention. She used the word discipline, but I'm going to use the word intention. There has to be some intention around it. And, that, you know, and, and we only need to look to God, you know, who designed the world, right, to say he had some intention around design, right? So, so there's, there's a model there, but there's um, the, you know, Ron Blue, I, I heard him tell a story one time of a couple that came to see him um, and they said, we need to sit down with you. We just cannot make ends meet. We just, I mean, we are upside down. We are short every month. And he sat down with them. He said, okay, well, what's the income? What's the total pie? And it was, well, $400,000 a year. Hmm, okay. Yeah. They were tithing, okay. But they had all these doodads, boats and cars and big house. And so he... 
you know, the, the piece of the pie that was eating into their, their lifestyle and their, sa- their ability to save was all this crazy stuff. They had mortgaged their future, right? And were paying for, um, paying for stuff that just was a waste, probably a waste of money. At least it didn't fit in the pie in that moment, right? And so, um, so he had to walk them through that. And, you know, and, they, and they, they came to the conclusion. And I don't know why. He, he said, the wife came to me at church you know, the following week and said, thank you so much. I've been telling him forever that we've got to get rid of this stuff. And uh, I don't know why it's always the wife and why it's the husband that's got the, uh, all the toys that are destroying everything. But anyway, um, the, point, <laughs> the point is um, they, they knew... They knew at some level that there was a problem, right? And they just needed somebody to take an objective look. Well, we, you know, that's what we have to do as individuals. I mean, that's, money's just one of those things, one of very few things that we have to deal with in life um, that we just aren't taught about. And the, the funny thing is there's as much teaching in the Bible as there is about, about money as there is about love and loving people, right? You know, we go to our schools, we don't talk about money or God, so... We've got to talk about it somewhere, and that's why we are unapologetic about teaching these principles in church here, because we believe that they're life-giving and that they were demonstrated in, in the life of Jesus. And is it really 1045, or is my clock fast? Woo. All right, we're going to roll fast. All right, so, um, so the point is we've got to exercise some maturity around trading today's desires for you know, our future needs in some cases, right? And so, um, you know, our... Because our, our, our truth, whatever truth system we have built around ourselves um, are what we will take action on. So God is, um, wants to make sure we are following Him and, and that our truth system is following Him. And I think about, and I'm, the point I'm getting to on this is sometimes I get people that say, well, um, if, I'm, if I save money, I'm cheating God. Like, Cheating God out of providing for me down the road, right? Um, and I think about like, like a squirrel knows to store nuts for winter, right? Um, but I get humans sometimes that say, no, I'm just going to work till I die. Or if I save, I'm cheating God. Or just these crazy you know, things. And you're giving me this really grimacy look. Um, which I totally agree with, you know, and I look at like God talks about ants, you know, Proverbs 6, 6 through 8 says, Go to the ant, you sluggard, consider its ways and be wise. It has no commander, no overseer or ruler, yet it stores its provisions in summer and gathers its food at harvest, right? An ant knows to gather at harvest and store for the winter, right? And um, now the ant doesn't store, he stores for the winter, not for 90 winters, right? Doesn't save it all, doesn't store it all, but um, but then I, I looked up the life cycle of an ant. They don't live a year, so <laughs> so winter for an ant, <laughs> winter for an ant is like retirement, literally, right? So um, so there it is. God says it's okay to save for your future, right? So anyway, this, these are the crazy things that we we come across, but. Um, but number, um, the, the third H here is our habits. This is that checklist that Annie was just warning us about, right? Like, don't get into um, that kind of life, that checklist mentality. But basically, 
What I, what, I like, what I do like about habits is habits work no, regardless of your income, um, regardless of where, you know, your age, where you're at in life, right? They, they do work, and, and they, in fact, they dictate our outcomes, right? And so our challenge is to find good habits and then employ them for a long time, right? And that's, um, that is biblical. And the, each of these items in here, I'm not going to go through each of these scriptures attached to this because you guys have them in your hand probably, but... But number one is spend less than you earn, right? And then, and, and then that, that, you know, you get Hebrews in there. But the point there is um, contentment is not outside of us. It's not something to go seek. You know, God has provided us with resource. We need to find contentment with Him in that and live within that resource, right? So, so spend less than you earn. Two, uh, give generously. And, and I love... Um, I think it even said it in the video. It says, you know, giving, giving breaks the spell um, that money tries to assert over our lives, right? It breaks the power that money tries to assert over our lives. And, and the crazy thing about the power that money tries to assert over our lives, we, we give it to it, right? I mean, money is just totally inanimate. It doesn't do anything. It just, it's a resource. It's a medium of exchange. It has no emotion. Um, but we give it power when we let it become bigger than God or when we let the lies of the world about money you know, prevail over, over God's truth about money. And so, um, so number three here is avoiding the use of debt. And that's one of the ways that money gets in with those lies, right? Is, you know, by giving it freely through debt um, you know, without educating us about the, the idea of slavery, right? We, you know, Dave Ramsey teaches that you know, the borrower... Is well, he teaches a great lesson about the scripture <laughs> that the borrower is slave to the lender, right? Um, but that's that's the thing when we borrow, we mortgage the future, we mortgage God's promise, and we don't let God do the work that He uh, promises to do. And so, um, so number four and five here are planning for financial margin and, and setting uh, long term goals. And so, planning for a financial margin, you can see that margin meter on the right. Um, if you're looking at the same screen I am, um, is, is talking about kind of our, our, our life cycle and, and hopefully that we go through and grow through. Um, but the, uh, um, you know, planning for financial margin, you know, that's saving for a rainy day or saving for a, um, a sunny day is what we like to say, but um, just because you can save for vacations just as much as you can save for emergencies, right? But the, uh, um, the point there is that the unexpected is so common that we should come to expect it, right? I mean, there's, that's just, stuff happens, right? We're in the world, stuff happens. And so, so planning for margin is, is part of that. And in the, in the Proverbs verse that I think is in there, yeah, 27, verse 23 through 27, is basically know the conditions of your flocks, right? Know what, you have, what resources are around you and, and, uh, and make sure you've provided or that you're saving to provide some, some margin long-term. And so, um, so long-term goals here, Ephesians 2.10 um, says, We are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, uh, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Um, and, you know, James there, uh, 4.13-16 says that if, it, that if it's the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. Basically, basically don't, don't make plans and say, I'm going to go do this, but think in terms of if God wants me to do this and it's the Lord's will, 
we will do this, right? But we've got to be obedient in those long-term goals that we are hearing from God and what He wants for us and, um, and that we're pursuing that. And so, um, so I was just thinking about like the action involved with habits. Um, again, not a checklist, but that they are embedded in a heart attitude in a source that we are following these, these promises, these attitudes, these commitments from God around stewardship and contentment and faith and wisdom, and that those are coloring our habits day to day, right? Because what, what, what we live from, you know, habits are a crazy thing in that they, um, they tend to lead to outcomes, you know? If, you know, try to figure out how to undo that, but it, I think it's just, you know, God designed it that way, right? So... Um, but the, uh, you, you know, sometimes we can get thrown off. Like when I leave town, I've got a hab- very like rigorous habit about like when I get up, you know, reading my scripture, when I eat during the day. And when I, tra- we just went to Denver this weekend and, and like I get thrown off when I'm traveling. Just like my meal plan goes out the window and, you know, my calories shoot through the roof. You know, it's just annoying. But like, so we can get jolted, and, you know, out of, out of our alignment, out of our um, rhythm, out of our habits, right? I mean, We've got financial stuff that maybe surprises us or that we, we don't expect. And so I was, um, I was golfing with Griffin yesterday. And he, um, you know, he played college golf last year. He's in the PGA management program now in Colorado Springs. And so he's, uh, he's a good golfer, and I'm not. So, um, like, my golf clubs are the $100 set that my dad bought me for my graduation at college or high school. I can't even remember. It's been so long. I mean, 25, 30 years is a long time. Um, so Griffin's got several clubs that are worth more th- by themselves than my entire set, right? And so he's, um, so I'm like the only dad in America, I think, that gets hand-me-down clubs from his kids, right? So, so he gave me this driver, which I can never hit a driver. And, and so yesterday, he's, he's like, Dad, he's like, man, that thing's getting straighter and straighter every time we play, and it's going further and further. He's like, good for you. And so he was, um, and he was uh, encouraging me, he's, and he's, I said, well, you know, I said, I I go through a, a pre-shot like root, visualization routine, right? And this is not any secret. If you if you if you ever seen a golfer on television when they when they tee the ball up and they they they've got a, a very set pattern they go through on every hole to line up and and uh, get ready to hit the ball. And so I said, you know, I I uh, and and here's the thing, um, <laughs> it doesn't work all the time, like. Still ripped a few just like into somebody's yard. I hit a tree. I mean, it's just, I had like three or four of those yesterday. But like, they're like, oh, I just, you know, I was playing with another dad and son uh, who were also good. And they were like, oh, I just hit another one. I'm like, you know, I just need a second to, you know, step back and just remember that there's actually a a process to go through. And I said, you know, I I visualize. I said, you'll notice every time I, I, I line up to hit, I look out and I just, I look ahead and I visualize that ball going there and but then I have to think like what does that feel like like when I come through I got to make sure my hips are turning I'm getting my hips into it because invariably when I just screw it up like it's like I'm I'm just showing up and swinging and not thinking about it right and so I but I I I visualize where it's going to go but then I try to feel like what does my body need to feel like to do that right and so um you know in our and so we call it like uh, there's, there's a concept called the swing thought. Like, what are you thinking about when you actually start to swing that club, right? And if you ever want to mess with a golfer, just ask him, do you inhale or exhale 
when you're in your backswing, right? Yeah, so anyway, a little tip there. If there's ever money on the line or, you know, there's, you're betting, but anyway, not that I've ever done that. Um, but, but seriously, one of the, the dad that we were playing with was, um, he hit this horrible tee shot, and he goes, oh, I knew that was going to happen. Anyone ever done that? And I, and I, had, I had just done that on the previous hole. I'm like, I, I felt that whole thing falling apart as, well, again, swing thought, right? What are you thinking? Are you thinking success or are you thinking worry, right? Because we've talked about worry is a prayer for the negative. It's a prayer for, for bad, right? And so, like, our, we've got to think through some of this stuff. And the habits are the boring, like, checklist kind of grind stuff sometimes that we just got to pay attention to. But if it's a reflection, like, our habits should be a reflection of our heart, like, in what's coming through us and like our habits should be nothing more than that reflection right and so um so anyway the uh your pre pre-shot routine when you sit down to pay the bills right is that i'm gonna spend less than i earn i'm gonna give generously i'm gonna avoid the use of debt right and i'm gonna set long-term goals and when i go to pay the bills that process you know it may be tight and that's okay but I'm going to live from, and I'm going to dictate where this money goes. I'm not going to let it rule or lord over me, right? And so, um, and that leads into kind of our hope, uh, you know, the fourth H here, which talks about tomorrow's promise, right? Uh, And the idea there is that, you know, we all start out somewhere on this meter. I don't know, um, I don't know many people, I can't even think of one that started out in the surplus side, Right? All the way on the right there, that you just have more than enough. Now, I know there are some people um, that just grew up in families where that was the case, but like, like most of us start life out in the struggling and the surviving phase. And it's interesting having a 19 year old at school who's like going through this, you know, and, and it's, uh, and it's, you know, we've told them, look, we could probably give you everything if we wanted to, but we'd probably wreck you if we did that, right? And so, like, we started out in the struggle and surviving place, and, we, you know, and that meter has moved into stable and, I, you know, I think secure, right? And so, like, that, we, we want to grow or mature through life and through the employing these good habits for a long time. We want to move, you know, through that margin meter. And, and Ron Blue said, more is never the answer. More money is never the answer. More margin is. And again, margin is not money. More than enough might be $20,000 a year. It might be $200,000 a year. I don't know. It's different for everyone. That's a prayerful conversation with you and God. But the, um, the point is, we want to get to a point where we do have more than enough. Where we're able to give. Where we're living responsibly and being responsible stewards. But... Um, the, um, you know, I go back to that Hebrews 11.1, 1, faith is confidence that what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see, right? The, we're, we gotta li- we're living into God's promise in, in embracing that truth, right? And so I think back to, a, a, you know, John had one teaching, and I can't think of when this was, he said, faith declares an end from the beginning. I don't know where he got that, um, but the... Uh, you know, you've heard the proverb twenty nine eighteen that says, "Where there's no vision, 
the people will perish. Um, it's only half of that proverb, right? And, and so often we hear it cut off there. Um, but it's, you know, where there's no revelation, people cast off restraint, okay? Which means if they don't know where they're going, any place will do, right? If they don't know where their money's going, any place will do. Right? But the rest of the verse is, but blessed is the one who heeds wisdom's instruction. That is God saying, read the rest of the verse. I have a plan for you. I have a plan for your money. There's a process here, right? And so, um, so the, a vision is born as a concern for others. It was how I heard um, Ron Blue t- t- title, you know, talk about this. But there's, there's two versions of us on this earth, right? And I want to say, Jamie, when you prayed today about breaking the chain, I mean, that's, you know, there's who we are today and there's, there's who God knows we can be, right? And that's, you talked about breaking the chain. You know, I've got a, one of my mentors, he said, you know, the, one of the most liberating pieces of advice he ever got from one of his mentors was that you'll never know how good you can be until you've put money behind you right? Meaning, get to the right side of the margin meter because your best work for Christ will come. And I'm, I'm going to apologize. I'm turning 50 this year. So like I'm at like the halftime mode. Don't roll your eyes at me. This is part of the... But seriously, like your... There's a great book by Bob Buford. He's passed away now, but it's called Halftime. And it's about the process... Unfortunately, he, he had a, a tragedy in his life that caused him just to stop and just reset, recalibrate. He'd spent the first half of his life chasing success. And through a relationship with Jesus, he said, I've got to make, you know, he, he tried to make that, tra- or he did make that transition to significance, right? Success, success to significance. I want to make an impact in this world. I want to make impact for my family. Um, and it's, it's not going to be chasing the dollar, right? So when I'm talking about margin, that's what I'm talking about getting to. If you can put money behind you, because when we get to, uh, I have another author I follow who said, you know, I, I have a vision that when I go to heaven and I meet God at the gate, that there's a mirror. And I'm going to look in that mirror and I'm going to see me and I'm going to see who God saw me to be. The, my potential and I hope to, to God that it's the same person right and we, we know the passage right that the well done good and faithful servant right we all hope and pray for that so this is not about money it's about getting margin in our lives so that we can pursue God's best for us and who he sees us to be and so here's the here's the good thing I've joked about turning 50. Um, there was a meme that went on on Facebook about like how our, our best years of our, like our best decades are our, our 50s, 60s, and 70s. So of course I grabbed onto that. I'm like, right on. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, it's, it's not tied to where it's supposed to be tied to, but like, um, but I look at people like John Maxwell. I mean, he talks about transformational leadership that to, to, that we, one, have to have a clear picture about what transformational leaders do. And then we got to focus on our own transformation. This is John Maxwell's word. Before leading others to it, we have to 
work on ourselves, right? We have to be changed to bring change, right? And I look at John Maxwell, he's 75 today. And he, I, I don't know how many books he's written, but his last one was like his best one. It was so good. And, le- and I don't even know, Leadership is a couple years old now, so he may have another one. I don't know. But he's doing his best work right now. I look at Ron Blue, the Ron Blue Institute. He's almost 80. Now, he probably isn't as good a golfer as he was 20 years ago, but he is doing his best work leading the fight for Christian financial advisors to bring their faith into their practice. I mean, there are, there's truth to the fact that it's not too late for any of us, right? That we can break that chain, uh, as Jamie said. And so we, we teach, because here's the deal, we teach what we know, but we reproduce who we are. Right? And so that's where these four H's become so important. And, and um, because we reproduce what we, who we are, right? And so um, when you look at that, um, that's the full picture that you have in front of you. Those four H's, um, I, I almost see those as a, like a, almost like a wheel, like a circle, right? They're self-replicating, like that heart, health, Habits, hope comes around full circle and that hope continues to fuel the heart, right? And like the heart's the beginning and the end, just like God, it's an ongoing infinite circle, right? And so the, you know, I was thinking, we were driving home last night as I'm going down Monarch Pass, my, my car like talks about like how much, how many MPA, how many miles per gallon we're getting. And I'm like, look at this, we're getting 99.9 as we're going down Monarch, right? And <laughs> But what the thing's doing is it's recharging the battery, right? And it's, it's funny. Like, you're going up Monarch. It's, I've, I've had something like, I, going up Monarch, I had enough fuel for, like, 42 miles. Like, I'm like, oh, I'm not going to make it back into Gunnison. But then it was like, going down Monarch, oh, I've got 100 miles left. Like, I'm good to go. But, but, the, 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 but seriously, the engine is literally recharging itself. Like, it tells you, like, like the little dial there says, you know, the, the engine's recharging um, because of the lack of use um, to power the, the engine, right? And I just was thinking about that in the context of that, the four H's as a circle that, you know, it starts with the heart and where we're coming from. And are we, are we being good stewards? Are we content with what we have? Do we have faith that God is in control, that He's got the wheel, thank God, and that it's His wisdom that's pushing us and driving us and drawing us to our best in this earth? Um, and then... How is that reflected in our now, our health today? Like, how is that reflected in our life today? And then what habits are we working on to move towards that, that man or woman in the mirror that we're going to meet at the, at the gate, right? Um, and then what's, what hope is that building for the future? That what, are, what will we do with that margin as we continue to free it up, as we get older and we're doing our best work in our, in our, latest, our latest decades? Because, and then that, that vision, that draw, that feel should continue to fuel our heart to want to serve and to love and to, and to lift up. So um, I don't know if that speaks to you, but I'm six minutes past. I thought we'd get out early, but um, um, I can close. Yes, Heavenly Father, let's uh, just close in prayer. Thank you for this time together, Lord. I thank you for this church family, and I just pray that your word is 
showered over this group today, that uh, whatever you have for each each of us individually today, that that you came through with that, Lord. And I just pray, um, I pray your blessing over that message. And I just pray that as we go out to the uh, the Gunnison community this week, that what we believe as your stewards will show in every action that we make, Lord. That that our love, uh, your your stewardship through us is reflected in our our day to day and our week to week actions, Lord. And I just thank you for that that gift in uh, in Jesus' name. So, um, yeah. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Rocky Mountain Christian Ministries in Gunnison, Colorado. We hope you will visit us at rmcmchurch.org, like our Facebook page, or subscribe to our messages on YouTube.